So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Written Entertainment Podcast, episode 296. For May 2nd, 2021, my name is Nathan Reeton Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Connor the Cyberpunk Monk Besh. And you may find yourself in a beautiful house, in a beautiful wife, in a beautiful wife. Oh no, something's gone wrong. (laughs) Yes, you will be, you will be wearing somebody. Who, who, who showed up? Who's here? It's Aroa Andy McFain. Oh, hi. We can't hear you, Aroa. I wasn't talking yet. Oh, that would do it. Hey, I, I, so so behind the scenes, uh, we didn't think Aro was going to be here. Yep. I, I said I wasn't going to be, and then yeah. I was. Yeah, he's, he lied to us. Surprise he... guest. <laughs> do, do we want to start over, or do we just want to keep rolling? We, we yeah. like are less than a minute in. Uh, we're gonna, keep we're rolling. Gonna keep going. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it. Did you listen to last week's podcast? Cyberpunk Bunk? I believe I did, yeah. You need to remind me if you're referencing a specific story. The I messed up the intro, and so we just restarted it and kept the original intro. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quantity is job one. Quality? Yeah, yeah, not so much. So, uh, we're also joined by Andrew Roe McFain. Where can we find you, Cyberpunk Monk? Well, you can find me at aroa.website, where I believe I'm still the bottom three links. Those links being my Twitter handle, where I mostly just get mad at police and politicians. Uh, one of them is my Twitch, where I occasionally will stream everything from painting warhands to Space Station 13 to Pavlov and VR. But mainly Space Station 13. Um, Not even lately. I've, yeah. I've been busy. I can't stream. Uh, and then I also have my other podcast that I do with friend Nathan here which is Clinton's Core Classics, an actual play podcast of Rise of the Rune Lords. Find it Rise. wherever podcasts are found. Rise of the Rune Lords. We're going to fight uh, uh, enemies soon. I, I guess we'd be spoiling it if we mentioned it now, but uh, we're going to be fighting the uh, the creatures from Ski Free. That's what we're doing. That's right. We, uh, we have broken our DM, and he has decided that we are just going to be fighting infinitely spawning npcs so we're just going to grind a couple levels here until he catches on (laughs) i think he's already caught on i think Uh, he already caught on but it's been very good for us and and my my friend aroa where can we find you uh you can also find me at aroa.website considering it's my website um i've most of the links are mine they're just links to other other things other properly Uh, designed websites yeah, well, uh, so and Glimish. Uh, there, yeah, there's there's also Glimish. Um, yeah, you can you can always find me on Glimish where the audio will be there. Uh, Twitch, maybe not. Maybe there won't be audio on Twitch. Uh, or on I I should check the YouTube stream and see if there was audio on there. I'm oh curious yeah. now. I forgot to so last, he's referencing last night. I went to go watch him on Twitch, and I was like, there's no audio. And then I remembered he restreams from Glimish, so I, I popped over to Glimish, and that has audio. But Twitch did not. So I would assume yeah. YouTube wouldn't have audio. I, I would know, also, cause... I would also urge you, Roa, to not stream on YouTube. What's that? So I've heard, not that it matters for us since we're small time, but I've heard from various creators on YouTube that they're like, hey, you know, I want a way to supplement my income. I'm, you know, struggling to come out with regular videos. So they would they would make up for that by doing streams. And streaming kills the algorithm. So they're, they were actually getting less, fewer views on their normal videos because they were streaming. Interesting. Yeah. Um... Cause I, so I only started doing that because I have a couple of people uh, who I know IRL that watch my YouTube videos, but don't really watch Twitch all that much. 
So I started streaming on YouTube simultaneously because that was the only way to get them to know that I was streaming without me like directly telling them or having somebody else post on Facebook that I was streaming. Uh, but knowing that, okay, yeah, maybe I'll just stop doing that, especially considering uh, I'm probably just going to have to stop restreaming uh, because Aircast, I guess, sucks and restream still doesn't support Glimish, which I I can't really blame them. Um, yeah, I I looked it's... and there weren't very many streamers on Glimish last night. Yeah, no, no. Uh, when when one of the one of the top streamers is just a, a webcam feed of a chicken coop, maybe your platform's not doing so great. Yeah, well, hopefully it'll pick up, but uh, I I don't think so. Uh, maybe Glimish and Plexstorm will join forces. <laughs> and they'll have like 25 streamers at one time. <laughs> I don't know. Twitch Twitch should just buy Glimish so that way they have the the instant streaming protocol or whatever and then it fixes everything. Well, obviously. Here, here's the fixes thing. Fixes everything. Here's the thing. I would imagine. So so you think of major companies like you got Google, you got Facebook, you got Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Sony, some of the smartest people in the world work at those companies. And Presumably. I, and, I, and I mean that 100%. Like they're, they're going to have the money to purchase some of the smartest people either directly out of college or senior developers, whatever. Or they outsource it to India and keep the bonus money for themselves. There That's is... not going to work for much longer, is it? No. No, and maybe we could talk about that later. Uh, we should not talk about that later. So um, I would say that Amazon, who owns Twitch, probably has people that work for them in the Twitch department that could make FTL happen. You'd think so. Like these people from these these no-name people from Glimish were able to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that somebody at Twitch would be able to do it. It it, it reminds me of that of that um uh Iron Man scene where the villain is getting mad at the employees. He's like, Tony Stark was able to do this in a fucking basement. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what I would be doing if I were the the manager of Twitch. I'd be like, what the hell? Make it work. These, well, these I wonder no name if there's people. any I just wonder if there's any benefit to Twitch not jumping up on this FTL-style technology for instant streaming. Like, I wonder how much of a load it is on their servers compared to when they have this delay. I, would I, imagine, I don't know enough. I would imagine that it it probably is more of a performance impact. Uh, there, there's probably some infrastructure change that has to go on to change over from RTMP to that. Uh, Plus, they'd have to re-encode everything also to RTMP simultaneously for clients that are too slow to handle the instant feed. Uh, and also, like, I imagine that it's kind of one of those situations of, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. People are already watching Twitch more than every other live streaming platform, so why would they spend the infrastructure budget on that? whenever they can just continue doing what they've been doing this whole time without yeah, any real threat. There's no to reason to innovate. Right. Yeah. And to echo off that, there are a lot more users on Twitch than any other platform. If you do make this infrastructure upgrade, you need to make it available to each one of your users, or not necessarily, maybe it's behind a paywall or something like that, but essentially you have more users who are going to be able to have this to their advantage, which is just going to be an even more increased server load. I, oh, I'm yeah. sure they're making a lot of money. I'm sure they could do it, but would it be as profitable as it is right now? Probably not. Yeah, I think it's more or less they just don't care. They're they're in a position that they don't need to innovate. They don't need to come up with new solutions or something like FTL, so they're just not going to. They're going to work on whatever they're working on right now to screw over all the streamers because that's what twitch does but it's also the biggest huh 
What? I, I just don't understand why Amazon doesn't turn. I'm sorry. I don't understand why Twitch doesn't turn to Amazon, who they're already pretty heavily in the pocket of, and be like, hey, you guys have amazing server performances. We have an impressive server load demands. Why don't we, you know, kind of hook up on the side and see what goes on, you know? I thought they I'm sure already... they're already doing that. Yeah, I think they're doing that. They've got to be doing that for like storage of videos and stuff. I would be surprised. What I mean to say for that is they have the resources to do it if they wanted to. Yes. Yeah, they, they just don't want to. They just yeah. don't want to. So, okay. Uh, we've we've wasted a lot of time here. So what games have you played this week, Cyberpunk Monk? Uh, Cyberpunk Monk hasn't played too many games because he's been on call this week. I have, however, Oops. taken some time. Uh, not a fan of it. I have had some time to play Space Station 13. I've gotten, I don't know, a round or two a day in each day. Just waiting for my phone to go off. That's a long may, game. I like it. May I? I know ask, you don't like it, but I like it. Yeah. May I ask how do you how do you get paid for on call? Uh, well, I'm salaried, so I just get paid whatever. Oh. And okay. then what's supposed to happen is if we go in during off hours, we get those hours back as flex time. I have not. T- I, I of my people in my team, I have the most like paid time off remaining and flex time and stuff like that just because it's the end of the world and there's nowhere to go to use it yeah I'll, I'll believe in flex time when i see it i have yet to see it supposedly i have a lot though yeah i've i've worked at places and most of the places don't offer comp time around here so if your salary and you work overtime they just don't pay you they don't give you flex time or or what they call comp time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been, I guess, it, had I worked for Sony and been a full-time employee, they they do comp time, but my supervisor was like, yeah, it's never one-to-one. So, like, you'll work, like, three days overtime, and they'll give you one day off type of thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, and I'm getting good rates as far as, like, time off compensation is concerned. I don't have anything to complain about in that front. It's just a, a demanding situation yeah uh well then we're going to move on to aroa and ask aroa what games have you played this week uh i saw you playing mario last night uh well uh we did actually play mario superstar baseball or whatever last night for about 20 minutes because you can't actually play a normal game of baseball with four players in that game for some reason you're stuck only doing the mini game mode and some other stupid mode uh if you want to have four players um and then after that yeah we played uh we played gauntlet i accidentally overwrote our uh save game uh so we had to start over uh that was after we spent nearly an hour beating the boss the first time that we had played uh, beating the boss of the first area uh the game's stupid um this gauntlet uh on the n64 by the way uh so yeah uh otherwise i played some of near automata because i really need to beat that game so that i can then go and play the prequel uh prequel slash the game that actually came out first on the 360 and ps3 but then yeah i don't it it's weird uh near automata is fucking amazing um, and I can't talk about anything that I have experienced in the last like two hours of my gameplay because all of it is is really, really significant. Um, but if you haven't played that game, you should really wait for it to go on sale and buy it Why and would then you get do special that? K. What? Why would you do that? Why would I wait for it to go on sale? Yeah. It's uh, on Game Pass, baby. Near Automata is? Uh, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Nier Automata Become As Gods Edition. Nice. I don't. I don't know what. Huh. I don't. I, I don't know what the Become As Gods Edition is. Uh, I have a game of the Yorha Edition. Weird. Yeah. So only, um, the only problem is I I did download it and I launched it and I was like, oh man, let me go check out my settings and I checked out the settings and I tried to change them. Anytime you try to change your settings. It crashes the game. Yeah, I was going to follow up uh, my statement about waiting for it to go on sale 
with then go and download Special K because it's the only way to play that game on PC. Uh, Near Automata has one of the worst PC ports I've ever seen. Oh. Uh, it is... Uh, so I don't remember everything that's wrong with it, but basically, like, by default, uh, it's the wrong resolution. Uh, always. It, it just always is wrong. I don't know what resolution that it starts out at, but there's always, like, either black bars on the outside of it, or it's, like, scaled all weird. It's awful. Uh, the game... I believe will just like randomly I think it may it may force vsync on or something because it'll just randomly drop down to like 30 fps. Uh there's just there's so much there's, the controls are terrible by default. Like yeah, you need to if you just look up special k near automata uh you'll find the the application. I think it's actually on Steam now. Uh so you can you can get that and it's very very simple it adds a cool little overlay into the game it's really neat but yeah play that uh also played a demo for a game called elisa uh which is a resident evil ps1 style uh kind of throwback game um probably i i guess you could maybe say it has more in common with like Silent Hill in terms of like, or, or yeah, probably more like Silent Hill in terms of like actual content because it's, it's a lot more spooky than Resident Evil, but uh, it just evokes that vibe very, very well uh, down to the pre-rendered CG um, all being animated very much in that, that nineties CG style where like, we didn't quite understand how to do squash and stretch or like how to do smooth motion in 3d yet. And the attention to detail is impressive. The only unfortunate thing is that it was made by, I guess like a Spanish dude or something. Um, but everyone has a really thick accent, uh, and the voice acting just isn't that good to begin with, but the, the accent on top of it just makes it feel like some kind of weird European bootleg uh, version of the game or something. But otherwise, it's fantastic. Um, really, you should look up that demo if you're into that sort of thing. And uh, it comes out in like September, I think. Maybe uh, I'll wait. Hey, I guess you could wait. Yeah. But, you know... Or or you just won't look into it at all because it's not your thing, and that's okay too. That's possible. Uh, that's uh, I think that's all I got. Okay, and we're gonna move on to me. Uh, I have not told you where you can find me. You can also find me on the road website, but you can mainly find me at Reeton everywhere. I'm Reeton on uh YouTube, Reeton on Twitch, Reeton on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Spotify. Just look up Reeton Podcast. That's the main one. Uh, they have added something to Spotify, I believe. I don't think it was there before for podcasts. If you follow a podcast now, you can enable notifications for when a new podcast is uploaded. I don't know when they added that because it was not there when Spotify first allowed us on the podcast section. So that's that's good. And then we're also everywhere else, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, if you can leave a review, leave a review, and uh, if I see it, we'll we'll read it on air. Let's talk about what games. That's I've how played. few we uh, reviews that we get. It is yes, it is how how few of the reviews we get. If if I started getting like Joe Rogan numbers, a I'd quit my job, and b <laughs> uh, I'd get new hosts. That's what I would. <laughs> how uh, dare you? <laughs> uh, okay, well. Let's I am the tune reason the that earth. this show exists. <laughs> tune in next week to I the... I am uh, the Reeton Podcast. <laughs> tune in next week to the Aroha and Cyberpunk Monk Hour. <laughs> so, um, the games I played this week... Uh, oh, wait, uh, what, was I, what I was saying is, if I actually reached the numbers, I would probably choose a few comments to read, just not all of them at that point. Uh, Only but anyway, positive ones though. Oh yeah, well no, negative ones can be funny too, uh, and we just make fun of them. That's what we would do. So, uh, Hobo Tough Life 
played some of that, and uh, I don't like it. Oh, uh, it's 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 boring. I, I was bored and like, oh, it's it's a little convoluted, and I get that that's what they're going for. Is they want it to be convoluted? They want you to have a tough life as a hobo, but it just I just didn't have any. Fun. I played it for three hours. And it was it was kind of a pain in the ass. There are things that I learned about it uh, that, like, if I if I played it again, and I restarted it, I could go through it quicker. But I I probably I don't know if I'm gonna go back and play it again. I probably will uh, once it's updated a little bit. Uh, I also played another game called Second Extinction, which is a dinosaur left for dead basically and it's mm. okay so you can get up to four players uh you basically will run to an objective so there are two different maps so the the campaign is basically you're going through a story and you'll run to an objective start doing something fight off a bunch of dinosaurs go do whatever that objective is and continue on there's also kind of an open world area where you can go into different environments and or different regions and fight the dinosaurs and like, oh, you need to go get this generator and you go and turn on the generator, fight a bunch of dinosaurs and, oh, we need you to collect a bunch of eggs. And so you collect the dinosaur eggs and then fight off more dinosaurs, etc. This isn't from the Orion Dino Beatdown developers, is it? I definitely do not think that's the case. <laughs> this has way too much polish for that game to be to be related. If you get a if you get a big kill streak, does it say bring me some pizza? It does not do that. No. Oh. No, it's probably a different developer. Yeah, it's it's pretty okay. Like I think it would be fun with with friends to kind of like Left 4 Dead. Sit down, play for a bit, kill dinosaurs. It would be fun. I did not hate the game, but I would have liked to play it with somebody else, I think, because that would have made it a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, also played some Binding of Isaac Repentance, and I didn't even know it was releasing, and it released on Friday, Pokemon Snap on the Switch. Yeah, it actually looks really good. Mm-hmm. It is. It is good. Um, they They recreated it. And the only thing that I am sad about is that I cannot take my memory card to Blockbuster and print out pictures. Uh, I've actually been considering calling Blockbuster and asking if I could I could find a way to print out my Pokemon pictures, but I'm assuming they would say no. They'd probably be like, "We don't even have a printer, man." <laughs> What's a pr- 2021? What are you printing stuff for? What's a Pokemon? <laughs> uh, damn it. No, uh, I'd say that because the only blockbuster is like 30 miles from my house. So I think it would be funny if I were to drive over there and actually print out Pokemon pictures. You but, should like, so if, if you were, well, I don't know. I don't know if this would fit in your personality, but I think it'd be really funny if you like, had a had a camera on you and you brought the oh wait you bought it digitally didn't you that yeah yeah unfortunately yeah. i bought it digitally because you could you could have had like the cartridge and like brought it to the <laughs> store and be like hey i got pokemon snap could you guys still do the thing where you print out the the things like that'd be really cool but yeah yeah but jokes I'm... on you then they pull out their original n64 cartridge reader boom <laughs> That and it works, be... ba-boom. Actually, like, if, if they actually still had that, I'd, like, buy them. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd buy it I'd, on the I'd, spot. Yeah, I'd be like, how much? How much for that? I want it. <laughs> My entire savings? All right. I don't need a roof. It's going to take a mortgage, <laughs> but... Well, yeah, Pokemon Snap is... um, It's it's fun. It's a good game to just sit down and, and take picture of Pokemon. And it is absolutely adorable. Which, I mean, it is super cute. So my yeah. criticisms of the game, having not played them yet, is it looks super relaxing, but watching people like um, 
Nathan Reedensbruth and watching people like uh, Vine Sauce play the game is so stressful. Because <laughs> you yeah, can I'm hear not... things going on and they're just looking the exact opposite way. When I turn around, Vinny Reeden, you're looking the wrong way. I was also <laughs> watching Vinny play it. <laughs> I was doing the same thing. I was like, "What? How are you this dense? Did you you play the original game? You know how this works? What are you doing?" Old you know, man gets angry at older man. I I <laughs> I actually only played the game like twice when I was a kid because I did not have Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't really play it that much, and I played it a few years ago. I downloaded it on an N sixty four emulator, and that that was before the N sixty four emulators were even as good as they are today, which still isn't very good. <laughs> I think Project uh, 64 is okay. It depends on the game. Yeah, there are some games that, like, you have to tweak the settings a lot to get those games working. Anyway, it was a good game. It's fun. Uh, if you want to spend $60 on a Pokemon game that you just take pictures of them, then you could do that. As long as you have a Switch. I guess, I guess you could buy the game without a Switch, but you'd have no way to play it. And then I guess you could just send it to Cyberpunk Monk, because he would play it. I'd play the fuck out of it. Yeah. So we're going to move on to some news stories. And oh. there was... We're not, we're not going to hear Connor talk about the... Oh, War, Warhammer Minute. Do I get game. a Warhammer Minute? I, get, sure. I, I did game. games. Sure. All Warhammer. right. Go ahead and um, edit in the drop that I gave you, the, the Warhammer Minute drop. Okay, yeah. now that that's done. This week, I played the hardest game of Warhammer that I have ever played. I was going against Thousand Suns, which is an army of insanely powerful Psyker Chaos Marines. Let me tell you what happened. It was uh, a resource-based game. There was four objective markers that we needed to take and hold. And he was like, you know, we could do that. Or what if they just don't have anything to hold objectives with? And I said, well, I'd, I'd rather you not do that. And then before I could finish the sentence, most of my army was made out of dust. Uh, the, the way that the game works is that there's this magic phase called the Psyker phase, where if you have units that can do things like um, smite to do direct damage, or you could buff your own units, there's a chance of it failing, there's a chance of funny stuff happening, and for this guy, it wasn't a chance, it was just, and it works, and it works, and it works. So by the time I had my first turn, I was already basically out of the game. And I wonder how that works on a balance aspect. Because it almost makes me not want to play the game again with how much of a pub smash it was. And I wonder what could be done differently to keep that from happening again. But it was fun, I guess. It, in that it wasn't really fun at all way. Yeah, I've, I've had that happen where you're like, oh, I didn't enjoy that even a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I packed everything up and got it here and presented it and uh, bye. Basically, any time I play uh, StarCraft PvP, because mm -hmm. I don't play StarCraft, so I've like, I'm trying to figure out all the systems, and then you get people who have been playing it for two decades, and they're like, "Oh, we just killed you, and so now you're dead, and we have like three more hours before the game ends. So have fun browsing YouTube." And we'll be here if you need us, um, but we will ignore you. Yep, that's uh, that's that's how StarCraft land parties went for me, and I was I didn't like it, did not like it at all. Anyway, uh, now we are going to move on to some news stories, and what this about one is Shadowrun minute. <laughs> did you have a Shadowrun minute? Yeah. Okay, go on with the Shadowrun minute. Okay, okay. Um, go ahead and insert the Shadowrun minute drop that I gave you. Okay, now that that's done. This week in Shadowrun, I had a blast. We have been doing this run that I sort of wanted to do for a while, where Technomancers, that's um, people who can interact with like computers in the Matrix without powerful technological tools to do it. They can just do it with their mind, like magic. Somebody has been kidnapping young Technomancers for what means was never discovered. But our players rounded them up and found out that they were being stored basically in a Faraday cage inside of a shipping yard. And my players found the most A-team way of dealing with this problem as possible. 
involving stealing a truck and driving it through the building, running people over, mounting an AK-47 to the back of a Beetle drone, and uh, decapitating a mage before he could finish casting his spell. Shadowrun's awesome, you guys. I have And then at the end of the day, they saved some kids. We should play Shadowrun sometime, Nathan. Maybe. Maybe after we're done with the Pathfinder. With the, in, within the next 25 years, once we're done with this, this one game of Pathfinder. We'll be done with this game of Pathfinder probably by the end of the year. That's what I'm thinking. Probably. Have, have you played... You've played, have you played Divinity? Divinity Original Sin? Hell yeah. yeah. Or are you talking about like Divine Divinity? No, no, no. Divinity Original Sin. Um, yes, I have. So you know how like they got the uh, the Baldur's Gate license? Yes. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about them getting the Shadowrun license and using would, that same engine for Shadowrun? I would be so okay with that. Um, yeah. The last people who had the engine was Harebrained Schemes, and they made the Shadowrun t- Returns games. And those are fantastic tactics games. Shadowrun itself is, you know, in the same way that D&D is a tactics game. It mostly is, but it's a little different as far as, like, you know, action economy goes. Just because it's not one person playing a game, it's a whole bunch of people. But I think that engine would work out very well for it, um, provided that you're taking that same approach. Even with the, uh, you could play it alone or you could have people jump in with you and it's, you know, essentially the same game. That sort That's of mechanics yeah. would work perfectly for Shadowrun. Shadowrun's not like a, I have a class and I'm doing it. It's um, I need this, so I'm going to start learning how to do it kind of game. Because the, the, I was only thinking about that because like, the main thing that keeps me from playing uh, board games like that is the requirement of having a GM and knowing all the rules and making sure that you're following everything. And I know that like the important part is is that you're having fun, but also like I, I do like to follow the rules. It's just a matter of having to learn the game. And with something like that, you don't really have to learn anything. The game takes care of all of that extra stuff for you. Mm-hmm. So and then with at least in, in Divinity and Divinity 2, I don't know if Baldur's Gate has a GM mode, but uh Original Sin and Original Sin 2 both have a, a game master mode. So like having that in a Shadowrun format, I think would be really cool for bringing Shadowrun kind of back into the forefront like Returns did for a little while. And I'll tell you my personal opinions without going too far into it is that um, this isn't the edition to do it. Sixth edition has some big issues. Most of those issues are solved by their in-book response saying, and we'll cover this in a later book. <laughs> Want to know how toxins work? Fuck you. 40 bucks, please. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's uh, that's not cool. Uh, I paid for one book, and I decided, you know, what? I don't think I'm going to do this again for this edition. I... So I, I've just been playing by not having the other books. I definitely did not acquire them somehow. Good, <laughs> good. We're happy that you went the legal route. I remember play because I remember playing the original Shadowrun game for the Sega Genesis. Hell yeah. And I was very excited because they were coming out with a Shadowrun game for the Xbox 360 and PC. Hell no. And if any of you remember that game, <laughs> uh, it was terrible. Absolutely to Vista. Yeah, absolute garbage that game was. It was an online multi- multiplayer shooter set in the Shadowrun universe. They made they they turned Shadowrun into Team Fortress Two for some reason. It was bad. It was really bad. But it was one of the first. I think it was the first game with crossplay cross play. Mm-hmm. Uh, between the well between the 360 and the PC. Yep, and it was uh, an awful. effort was made. Yeah, it was awful. The PC had definite benefits, but an effort <laughs> was made. Yeah, the the. Uh, I know there were other games that had crossplay before that between PC and console because Final Fantasy XI was on the PS2 and PC. So uh, there was that, but I don't know if there were any other games before that where you could play console versus PC before Final Fantasy XI. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our stories unless Connor has like a Pathfinder minute. 
Yeah, go ahead and put in the the Pathfinder minutes I gave you. <laughs> no, I had to. It's been yeah. forty minutes. This has been a good enough merit opening for one. Exactly. So, uh, we're gonna move on and Google. We're gonna talk about Google Stadia. Um, they've come up with a new feature they think will revolutionize uh, the gaming industry. <laughs> uh, they they added a search bar to Google Stadia. Why did it take them? How long has Google Stadia? Is Google Stadia has been out for over a year now, mm-hmm. and they just came out with the search bar. Well, it's Launch because they only had but... ten games on the platform for the longest time, so that makes sense. Launch there. Launch date was November nineteenth of twenty nineteen, seventeen months ago, and we can finally search. <laughs> yeah, well, they they could fit the entire catalog on one page, like the I. You want to search? Scroll down like one turn of the wheel. Well, here's my thing. I'm just pretty. I'm pretty sure that Google doesn't give a shit about Stadia. Yeah. Like it's it's. It would shock me if it didn't die within two years. Just because it's, I think the the one developer that they had, uh, they got rid of. Pretty sure they got rid of their one development team that was like exclusive for Stadia. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and then there's just there's nobody uses it. Like, I don't know what the numbers are, but it doesn't seem like anybody uses Stadia. And I, yes, I do think cloud gaming is going to have its place at some point, but I don't think today's the day. Just maybe after 5G becomes like as ubiquitous as 4G. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe then, but I just don't think today's the day because we have Stadia, we have uh, Amazon Luna, we have xCloud, and none of them are really doing well. And from what I understand, none of them have as you can't have as good of an experience as just having the game. Uh, even with Stadia's like 4K output, have you have you looked at any of the videos? It is definitely not 4K output. <laughs> it's really bad. So 4K output compressed to 1080p. Basically, yeah, it it looks terrible. So they added a search bar. So if you are using Stadia, you can actually search for games that you could play on Steam. So do that instead. I know not everyone has. You can't play Steam games on your phone. Can you with Steam Steam Link? Yeah, I was like, can you just use Steam Link? You sure can. Um, the next we we there there weren't a lot of stories this week, so I apologize. But uh, Ars Technica, you can now teach Google Assistant how to pronounce names, which is actually a really good thing i think because like a roa trying to teach google your name is kind of a pain in the ass actually this is kind of surprising because siri could already do this really because isn't siri like usually behind yeah siri is usually complete ass but uh yeah you can you could tell siri that she's pronouncing a name wrong and and then tell her how to pronounce it correctly that is oh. that's interesting. Okay, this is this isn't actually what I thought it was initially. So I I thought this was saying like Google can now learn your name, and I was like, well, that, Google's been calling me God Emperor Connor for like three years now. This isn't anything <laughs> new. But this sounds like if it's saying something and it's saying, you know, Miranda, and uh, no Google, that's not how that's said. It'll say, oh, okay, how do I say it? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I I have uh, Siri calls me Senpai. Uh, she had originally I, called me Senpei, and I was oh. like, "No, that's not how you pronounce that word." So I do like this. Uh, that way, when like I change the way that it says Aroa, and it'll be like, "Stupid bitch is texting you," and I'm like, "Yep, that's his. That's how you pronounce that. That's how you yeah. pronounce his name." Uh, but but it really because it, Aroa is a, a weird name that I have saved in my phone. Uh, my sister's name is very unique, and nobody, and no, uh, no computer will ever 
guess how to pronounce her name. So being able to change that and be like, this is how you actually pronounce my sister's name is pretty neat. It's weird that Siri. So are there any other features you can think of that Siri has that's better than Google Assistant? Um, I Interaction will... with Apple products. Well, uh, in some cases. Um, but the the only thing I could really think of is their integration with Wolfram Alpha. Uh, because Wolfram Alpha is a really good answer engine, and it's more reliable than Google's quick answer thing. It's really the only thing, uh, just that they have that that integration licensed, presumably licensed. Uh, that 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 that's like it, and I never use it. I never use Siri ever. The the last time that I used Siri, other than to like set a, an alarm or a timer was whenever that bug was found in the speech engine that if you said uh hey Siri can you uh look up ha 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 and then she would go ha 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 so that was that was like it so that was not terrifying at all so you would just give your phone a stroke that's what yeah, you were doing. Essentially, if you haven't seen that, you got to look up videos of it because it's amazing. So, hey Siri, what are the directions to vertical line circumflex accent, vertical line circumflex accent, vertical line circumflex accent? <laughs> so, my uh my work has given me for the time being a a Mac to use, and it's one of the 2019 Macs with the stupid bar on the top. Yeah. And I'm still not 100% used to the keyboard. I really kind of hate the keyboard layout. Uh, so I'll be typing Chiclet something. Chiclet keyboards suck. Chiclet keyboards suck. I just don't like this. The design of it is like very square and not, mm-hmm. it, it's not like a, typing on a normal like keyboard that I, I have. So I, I will go to press the backspace button and I will hit Siri on the stupid light bar. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only time I've ever used the light bar is by accidentally hitting Siri and then I'll start like I'll I'll press it a couple I'll press it a couple times and then I'll start typing again or I'll look around and I can't figure out why it's not typing and then I look on my other screen and it's like, "Hey, hey, you want to set up Siri?" And I'm like, "No, I fucking shut up, Siri." I accidentally uh, hit the is, stupid light bar. What is it with companies that they they make new tech products without even considering for a moment about how someone's actually going to use the fucking thing because the surface laptop that i have for work the fucking power button is on the keyboard and and, and like it's just above the backspace key like i i have i've multiple times went to hit backspace and then accidentally turned my fucking computer off. Like that is hilarious. How I, stupid. I like that idea that you like type something and you're like, oh no, I have a lot of shit to to get to backspace out of. And you just press the power button and turn off the computer like fuck it. I'm done. Yeah, like <laughs> like I go to hit backspace and then suddenly the screen turns off and I'm like, God fucking damn it. And like that that isn't great, especially right now. Where like I'm working on a VPN, so they turn the yeah. they turn the fucking screen off and then up, get my phone out because it's time to reauthenticate to the VPN. Great, like I feel your yeah. pain, man. Yeah, me it's too. so ironic with Apple in particular because they have for so long, so very very long, touted themselves as being like a human focused company, and like. You, you look at at products like the older iPhones that were shaped like a like a little bar of soap, uh, and the reason they did that was because it would fit in your hand better, you know. Like, and and you look at now, and everything about it is for aesthetic purposes and nothing else. They they haven't really changed the way that the MacBook is designed in forever because that's just how the MacBook looks. You can't can't possibly make it any any different 
Although, you know, having the power button uh, off to the side of the keyboard, that's kind of dumb. Maybe we should we should put that on the keyboard itself. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. So also, let's get rid of the, the the F keys and just replace it with a touch bar that you have to look down at to make sure that you're actually pressing in the right spot. Let's do that too. Uh, objection. Oh, I hate that. Um, that's a, a stupid ass idea. Uh, fire him! Fire him! Yeah, fire him! <laughs> oh <Tony>. no! <laughs> we only want yes men here at, at Apple. That's all it took. That is all it would have taken, and somebody would have said, "You know what? Maybe we should rethink it." I wonder if the if the person who suggested that like I wonder if like Tim Cook just went in there and was like I want a light bar and he was like this is a stupid fucking idea I just want to see if any of these guys will will say no and they're like yeah that's a great idea and he's just like what the fuck guys <laughs> that's Fine. the kind of decision that you make when your company has too much money yeah cuz cuz that's a problem like you know that people are gonna buy Apple products, even if you have stupid shit like it's like that light bar or chiclet keyboards that fail because you get like a tiny bit of dust under them. People are still oh, gonna buy God, your products. Oh God, the fucking butterfly keys. Yeah, uh-huh. Jesus. Cheap and then they, fucking they things. then they were fucking like like no don't worry guys we fixed it and their fix was basically just putting a piece of fucking plastic wrap over the top of all the the keys like. And I know we have people who listen to this who are Apple fanboys, and all I can say is, hey, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't hate them. Like, I, I, I think that they're fine, but I do think that they're overpriced, and there's nothing that you can do on an Apple machine that you can't do on a PC or a Linux box. I just wish that Apple would get out of their own asshole, but that's never going to happen whenever they have trillion-dollar-plus valuation. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about Outriders. Anybody anybody here know or play Outriders? I, I played the demo, it. and I hated it. Yeah. I was watching a friend play it, and I didn't seem very interested in it. It's, it it's seems a... kind of Gears of war yeah, it's a looter shooter, basically. So it's like a mix of like Gears of War and Borderlands, I think. Yeah. I was thinking like Destiny, kind of. Yeah, Borderlands yeah. is uh, kind of that feel, too. So the the thing about it is I guess they have raids or, or endgame missions. And what people are doing is they are kicking people from their group before the end of the mission. So that way the people, the, the, the person who kicked them out is the one who gets all the loot, which is a shitty thing to do, I would imagine. So it's, have you guys ever experienced that in an MMO? Yep. Um, I've, and I'm not, I'm not proud to say this, but I've done this before. What? So back in the World of Warcraft days, every Sunday, we used to run all of our new puppies through uh, like Karazhan or you know, whatever they needed just to get their basic loot gear so they can be with the rest of the guild. And I remember there was one day where we were mostly just doing it because it was the scheduled run of the day, nobody actually needed anything. And we finished a run, a run that you know, we could have redone it really any time in any other week to have gotten better or similar loot. So I was like, all right, we're done. Uh, kick, 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 kick. All the loot is mine. Bye. Logged <laughs> off. Came back in on the the following day, and I wasn't part of that guild anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, I could, I could see that. I, and it, it is a shitty thing to say, I, and I, I'm not fighting that, but I think they understood where I was coming from, and that this was non-essential gear for non-essential people. It was just, it was greedy, and I fully admit that. I can see them I kicking you, though. though. I would, I would have kicked you as well. Uh, I knew somebody who. Was so in Final Fantasy XI, Link shells were guilds, and he had made it like a priority to see how many Link shells he could get kicked out of. Like he was just like going in there and being an asshole to see if he could get kicked from the the Link shells. Um, <laughs> Survey says yes, yes, in fact, you can. Yes, exactly. So there was. 
there, there are different things in Final Fantasy. There's uh, what's called the BCNMs, which are Burning Circle notori- Notorious Monsters. And you can get certain seals um, that you use. You use like 60 of them and you can go and fight this notorious monster. It's a big battle. Um, and then there's one that's called Kindred Seals, which are the higher level ones. Uh, and you can do KSNMs, which are Kindred Seal Notorious Monsters. So we had some kindred orbs, or there was a guy who was like, hey, we're doing this. Um, we're just trying to get a, a, an alliance together, which is 18 people, to go fight a behemoth. And that's all it is. You don't run through a dungeon or anything. You just go to the spot, use the orb, and then you fight a behemoth. Uh, and this was a king behemoth. So we did the run. Uh, I didn't get any items, but it was whatever. We just did the run. And then another guy was like, hey, I have another orb. If you guys want to stay around, we can do this run again and see if we get anything good. Uh, and we all decided this this character, the, the, the leader was a, a monk. And the, the behemoth dropped an item for Black Belt, which was something that really was good for the monks. And so he was. We're like, okay. So if you get it, uh, or if, if this drops because we use your orb, we'll let you have that item. Everything else can be bid upon, but that item would be yours. That was our our deal. Didn't matter though. We had it. We were beating the the monster. He was down to like one percent health. And you, I I noticed a guy run past me. He dropped out of the party grabbed the chest and then disconnected. <laughs> so it turns out the old yoink and yeet. Yeah, yeah, which was a very frustrating shitty move, as obviously. shit. Yeah. yeah. And so I went on to uh Ola Kazam, if any of you remember that website. And no. it, it was a they had a bunch of different, like, I think, wow, Final Fantasy Is, is it like ThoughtBot? Is it like a, a, a mission guide or something like that? It's a, it's a forum. It, All of Kazam was a forum, like, you could go to and just, like, they, they had, like, a Final Fantasy section. Forum? They had... Yes. So. Is it like Reddit? A, a forum? I hate both of you. Ask Siri <laughs> how to pronounce it. A massage it. board. Yes. Yes, a massage board. So okay. uh, I went on there and I I looked up that character, that guy's name, which of course I forgot after so many years. But I looked up that character's name, and it turns out that this person had a history of doing that, where they would go and either drop from party and collect the items, or they would kick everyone from the party, like like Cyberpunk Monk did and collect the items. But instead of doing it with with meaningless loot, they would do it with loot that could be had for like millions of gil. So it was very frustrating. uh, I was doing it with like blues and purples and teehees. That sounds like an actual dick move. Yeah, and and it was a consistent thing that uh, this person would do. So it was very frustrating. And unfortunately, because of the way that the loot system worked in Final Fantasy, if you messaged the 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 GMs or whatever, whatever they were, they tell you like, to get fucked. Basically, yeah, they're like, "Hey, we can't do anything about that. Sorry, like we don't have any control over the loot lists." And if somebody did that, that's kind of on them. Uh, so yeah. I think eventually that guy just got ostracized and like nobody invited or would allow him to be in groups. But I don't, I don't like that. And apparently that's the same thing that's happening in Outriders. And the fact that they don't have a system in 2021 to fix that seems pretty shitty. Like you would think that they would come up with a way to make that not a thing in 2021. Because I assume when Connor was doing that with WoW, you were probably like 15, right? Uh, 14, and yes. 
Yeah. Um, and that would have been. This also, I can't stress more, was like the stuff we did to help people who just wanted some extra stuff. This wasn't like uh, we're getting together and doing this because it's something that only spawns every once in a while. Right. Right. And and here's the thing with the with the kindred seals, they took forever to get. Because well, it was a thing in Final Fantasy Eleven, so of course it took forever. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Like you could. Yeah, World of Warcraft. It was like the instances reset every Tuesday. If you don't get it, there's always next week. Yeah, no, this was like it would take you uh, quite a bit because you could only get kindred seals or the burning seals um, off of enemies that you could make. Ex- you you had to. They, I think they needed to be able to get experience off of. So they had to be within a few levels of you. And with Final Fantasy, you could kill things that were like decent challenges and stuff, but it was a lot harder to solo in that game than it is like World of Warcraft. So them dropping those seals took quite a while. And to be able to get an orb, you needed at least 60 seals for that particular orb. I think they're... I can't quite remember, but I think there were different levels of orbs too. So like 60 was like a mid-range one and then you could get like 100. But I'm not sure about that. So it took a while. And it was it was a very shitty thing. And it's a very shitty thing that they're doing in Outriders. So hopefully they patch it out that you can't have that happen to you because that is, that's a really shitty thing to, to be done there. Uh, and I love then, that we spent this this entire article talking about games that aren't Outriders because of how little interest we have in that game. It didn't seem good. Like, it's like not. any other it's game. It's really not. It, it, if your game relies on a solid social experience, it's not a good game. You just have a good social group. I mean... Well, and and I, the other part of that, though, is that, like... So you can design a game like this to where it's fun single player. You 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 just make borderlands or you make destiny two uh, or destiny one for that matter. Uh, Cause yeah, it, like you make it to where your character is a powerhouse that can run around using their powers. And like, like the, the character I played as can like basically stop time in a little bubble and then like, just blow the fuck out of everything nearby and like cut people in half and stuff. It's great. You can use those powers once every like 30 seconds. So it at the end of the day it feels like it feels like you're playing an MMO single player except you only have like four abilities so you don't even like you don't get any of that real satisfaction that consistent satisfaction out of it like it, and on top of that it being designed as a cover based shooter means that it's really really slow and then your your ability your cooldowns finish you run up to a group of enemies, you use all your cooldowns, and then you go back to hiding. And it, it like everything about the, the flow of that game just feels like it wasn't thought out. Uh, and, and because of that, it relies on you having other players with you only because the, the game just isn't very good on it. Like the, the loop isn't good on its own you it's you have to have other people with you or else it just isn't fun and that but i don't think the game was was intended to be that way they at least stated as much whenever whenever they were hyping it up I, i'm really disappointed that people can fly ha, have become this whenever they made one of my favorite shooters like ever in the form of painkiller like painkiller was so fucking good and like very much had this kind of feeling to it. I don't know why they can't capture that again. Even uh, what what was that? The the game that they released on 360 that they later had like they remade it or something, and it had Duke Nukem in it. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Shit. No, no, no. It was like the whole thing was like you you get uh, skill kills or you can you kick a guy and he flies up in the air and then you shoot him with the shotgun. Yeah, Bulletstorm. Like even Bulletstorm was kind of rough around the edges, but still had a really satisfying gameplay loop without having a co-op partner or anything. And then they make this and it's just shit. 
Well, I'm sorry to hear I that. Know. I haven't played it, uh, but I know some people who have played it that really like it. Maybe they have more I, friends than we do. I think you can still play the demo. Like, I I don't care. But I have, you could I have so you, many really you could get you could get just as much satisfaction and a very similar experience overall out of either. Yeah, you could play Destiny Two, or if you don't want a first-person shooter, you want more of a third-person shooter. Play uh, play the fucking Ubisoft one, the, the Division. Yeah, the Division. Play the Division Two. Yeah, uh, and then our la- we're gonna move on to our last story, which is one that Cyberpunk Monk brought up after we started the podcast. I, I um, wanted to talk about it, and I, I totally forgot yeah. about it until after. Honestly, it's more exciting than everything else we talked about. I think that it was very exciting when I talked about Final Fantasy XI. But let's move on to <laughs> Mario Party. Do you want me to talk about this one? Yes. All right. So Super Mario Party, a game that released like two, two years, ago. years ago for the Nintendo Switch, has received a free update. Uh, this is coming from D- Nintendo directly. The free update for Super Mario Party Online comes to the board game mode. Originally, Mario Party Online only had basically a mini uh, a, a, a mini game battle royale kind of mode, instead of you know Mario Party. <laughs> Wait, so they say so, that so they're adding in the mode that should have been there when you got the game. Super yes. Mario Party is getting a shadow update that makes it work the way that it should have worked all along. Okay. The Super Mario Party game is getting a little more online e after installing the free game update. Online play will be added to the following game modes, which is Mario Party, you know, the game, the iconic board game mode where you roll dice to move around and try to finish with the most stars. There is Partner Party, one of the modes that was introduced to this game, a 2v2 team edition of Mario Party where you share your dice rolls with your partner and you have free movement. It's less of a grid based and more of a, a map roamer. And then there's also just straight mini game mode. If you just want to focus on the mini games without any, you know, gimmicky score component if you just want to play like that one mission or something instead of having it was like it was like not even 10 rounds of mini games in the original online mode it wasn't good uh, they called it the online mario thon challenge your opponent to short mini game offs and I, I didn't like it so now if you're looking to play the game you know as an actual mario party game that's something you could do and uh, I have the instructions for updating your game. If if you know how to play on a Switch, you know how to update your game. So chances are you boot it and it says, hey, there's an update. Um, I will also point out, though, that there are a handful of minigames that do not work online. Uh, they don't have them listed in this article, and I didn't bother looking it up. But it's it's like six or, or maybe eight uh, minigames that don't work online. And I think um, the whole uh, rhythm game... Uh, component does not work online uh, the rhythm yeah. any any rhythm game mini games don't work online uh could, probably because nintendo's really bad at online they're notoriously bad at online but that's a hard sort of thing to synchronize especially in a game that requires as much synchronization as mario party like if one person has a five minute delay uh five minute a five second delay in a mini game that's dramatically going to impact your ability to succeed yeah if only there were other games that uh were able to do that maybe yeah. they could you know be inspired by that if only there like were, were rhythm games that have online play that work flawlessly or something ah too you bad know? those don't exist anyways uh, does anyone want to play 100 percent orange juice with me after this podcast what which that, is a, the, a, a that's a, the one you went to there's others i could choose <laughs> I, I guess know. that is like the only Mario Party type game I could think of on Steam. For PC anyways, yeah. yeah. Jackbox Party Pack. No. Eh, not really. No. No. 100% no. Orange Juice is just a Mario Party ripoff. Alternatively, oh, okay. you can also play Mario Party Netplay, which are modded versions of Mario Party and uh, Project 64 that, uh, that facilitate Netplay with lobbies. And they, they don't, don't work, work all that well. They don't work very well. At least not nine out of ten times. It. Specifically with Mario Party, they don't work. People will be like, "Okay, I'm in the game. We're playing." They're like, "Really? I'm still at the character select screen." 
Yep, that's that's literally what happened. I tried it with my we were on the same network too. I was playing with my wife and she was in a mini game and I was waiting for her to roll her dice. So yeah. And I will easily admit that party games are my favorite kind of games. I like sitting around a table and doing stupid make-believe shit with my best friends and that translates very well to video games easily enough. Mario Hello. parties, Jackboxes, all of these games are phenomenal. And it's ridiculous that we don't have them working online yet when we need I, them the most. Yeah, uh, I will very, uh, very strongly recommend, though, if you want to play any old games like this, uh, particularly in 64 games, uh, 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 Parsec is what I've been using. Um, Isn't that the, the LAN emulator? No, no, that's... Uh, I know what you're thinking of. I know what you're something thinking else. of. Uh, no, uh, Parsec is um, kind of like Steam in home streaming, but it works online and it's a lot better than Steam's uh, online friend streaming thing. Um, it emulates uh, a controller for each person that joins you. The latency is extremely low, uh, even with a five megabit up. Uh, limitation on it it worked almost flawlessly with playing gauntlet last night uh playing it many games uh yeah so I, I would i would go that route because then you just have one person who's running the game you don't have to worry about synchronization issues and latency isn't a big deal yeah so do that and what we're going to do is we're going to end the episode. I want to thank you for being here, Roa. Yeah, no problem. We we were only slightly over an hour here. Yeah, and I want to thank you for being here, Cyberpunk Monk. All right, go ahead and edit in that uh, end of episode drop that I made for you. Okay, perfect. You, you haven't made anything for me. It's just going to have you saying that and then silence for like five seconds. Well, that's the editor's fault, isn't it? Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Woo!